E-S-N-Y. I thought we talked about going on Mets Twitter. I, I thought we talked about, like, you, you don't do that. You don't go on Mets Twitter. Nope. You don't go on Yankees Twitter. You really don't go on Knicks or New York Rangers Twitter. But for some reason, you went on Mets Twitter. <laughs> it was Yankees Twitter. And it's a guy that I already follow who usually has good takes. I don't, okay. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but, yeah, let's uh, let's tell the listeners the absurdity that I saw. All right, uh, well, you, as, lead it, you lead in with it, then. As we know, Matt Harvey... Right, who was basically one of the, the faces of the New York Mets, the Dark Knight, for mm-hmm. several years. Um, he made his return to City Field uh, like three days ago, and he, he's with the Baltimore Orioles now. And Mets fans were obviously like really excited to have him back, like whatever hero stuff like that. This guy that I that I follow, he's a he's a Yankees fan. He said basically, not verbatim. I appreciate that, like, the Mets appreciate what Matt Harvey did for them, that he was really important for them when they were, like, a playoff team, when they were, you know, made that World Series run in 2015. But I feel like his return is kind of their reaction is a little exaggerated, and it's overhyped. He's basically a Phil Phil Hughes without the World Series ring. For me, I thought like most Mets fans reacted to that tweet. I thought that was just like the worst take in the world. I think the only thing that Phil Hughes and Matt Harvey have in common is the hype. They were and the expectation. They were both expected to be really good. Phil and they Hughes had the same shoulder operation too. Yeah, mm. that's true. Yeah. Mm. But if we're going to be honest here, I understand that Phil Hughes, his career was derailed, let's say, by injuries. But Dang. like when it comes down yeah. to it, Phil Hughes on the field never even remotely came close to producing how Matt Harvey did. You know, um, really and I know did. that we talked about it in this in the group chat, but I'd like for you guys to give your opinions, too. I mean, well, for, first off, like this is me going on tw- after I get get off Twitter every day. For those who can't see, I, I grab scissors and I'm now like stabbing. I'm probably going to stab myself at some point. Yeah, anyway. swear. Quite mad. Uh, well, no, because like Twitter, look, I've heard some bad takes. Now, now, granted, I can understand the Matt Harvey, Phil Hughes comparison, but the difference is Matt Harvey actually went out and got results. Matt Harvey pitched in a World yes. Series yes. as a starter. Yeah. Matt Harvey didn't and pitched win well. A World Series. Yeah, he pitched well. Phil like, Hughes. Did, but he did not pitch well. Yeah, hold on. Because 2009, that's when Phil Hughes, he, they kind of um, made him the uh, the setup man or one of these setup men out of mm. the pen. Right. Uh, I don't go to his ESPN page. I want to go to his stats page. Okay, yeah. So Actually, I have it right here. Oh, okay, um, great. Yeah, yeah. So what, did, was, what did Phil Hughes do in the 2009 World Series? Uh, let's see. So he um, he was 3-2. With a four point, with a five point four five ERA yeah. in about seven starts, and then was moved to the bullpen. Then his first relief, um, 
parents came in July 17th, but you didn't talk about that. Oh, he pitched in all three games in the ALDS. Oh, he had a nine. Oh, he had a nine-point ERA. In yeah. The um, Got it. He, yeah. He's like Phil Hughes is like the Paul George of of baseball playoffs. Yeah, he kind of like he like stumbled <laughs> upwards. Is like he he had a uh, a nine-point ERA. He actually in in in, in the World Series he had a sixteen-point two ERA. Yeah. But he still yeah. won, so it's like he got the World Series, but he didn't really do well in the. He, yeah. he got the ring, but didn't do so well. So I well, get it. I, I think when I think about Phil Hughes, just really quick, in comparison to Matt Harvey, I, I feel like um, yes, Phil Hughes got the ring, but like I just mentioned, he kind of stumbled forward, and that's been when I think about Phil Hughes, I just think about the promise. I think about for sure yeah. the fact that when he was on, he was on. He I felt like he was one of those pitchers that when everything was right, he was lights out. But when when you know when he was like dealing with an injury or maybe sometimes even with travel, he just he just really didn't do that well. It was always, and like we had mentioned on the group chat, it was always an, an issue of what if. Like, what if yeah. he had stayed healthy? What if we could have re-signed him? I think, did we? I don't, I don't think we trained him. I think we... No, uh, his contract, just all of his, like, team control and arbitration years kind of lapsed, and we just didn't bring him back, and then he went to the Twins. Right. So... Yeah, so I'm just thinking, like, what if we, we could have retained him? Because he was, like, I remember um, early on, I think in, like, the, what was it, the 07? No, 06, like, 06, 07 years, we were, like, he's, you know, he's the next up-and-comer. He was, like, it was, like, between him and um, Ian Kennedy. Him, I rem- Ian Kennedy, I believe. I remember, Phil, yeah. I believe Phil Coke as well. Or maybe he came later. Phil Coke came a little later. Yeah, Phil Coke. Were, like, the future of... The Yankees starting rotation slash the bullpen. And I was like, okay, like you know, this is what we needed to do. This is how we the, the how Latin- we typically build a team is you build it through the farm system. And it, it was yeah. unfortunate that they never really we never really got to like really see it out fully. It's so, because they got rushed. That's what yeah. happened. Like I I remember two thousand two thousand six. I remember when he debuted, and yeah, he had like a rough first game, but then he went out and almost threw a no hitter in Texas. Yeah. Then and then strained his hamstring. Then he sprained his ankle. Then and it's a whole it's a whole laundry list of what ifs. But yeah, like like Yoshi said, Phil Hughes, Jabba Chamberlain, and Ian Kennedy. Jabba, but, yeah. yeah, they were like the trifecta of young Yankee mm-hmm. starters. Yeah, we thought they were gonna be like, oh man. When looking at them now, I mean, we we've, we've seen Ian Kennedy. He he found his footing. He was able to have a decent major league career. Not a great yeah. one, but he but like he he like was a Cy Young finalist one year. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Right. Um, and then Jabba Chamberlain, who should have been a reliever from the get go, and, Poor and, Jabba. and the Jabba mm-hmm. rules ruined him. Jabba rules also. Jabba Chamberlain. I also remember being the first kind of hipster baseball player. <laughs> Just because, just because, like whenever he wasn't playing, when, like, he saw him towards a let's say a Knicks game, he had the argyle sweater and the horn rim glasses yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, okay. That uh, was a legend, bro. Yeah, and then and then he went to the Tigers, grew that nasty beard. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and Phil Hughes, I mean, it's also just those cases of what ifs, and then you have to you have to wonder with all of these guys, what if they'd stayed in the minors an extra one to two years? Oh yeah. And, and then been and properly think- developed. Yeah, and sorry, sorry to cut you off, Josh, but even going back to Jabba Chamberlain, it I have like this love hate relationship with him because when he first came out and he was reliever and he had that breaking ball that wasn't that no one knew what the fuck it was. It wasn't really a slider. It wasn't really a slurve. It wasn't really a curveball. As, as, as Corey Kluber would say, it's a pitch. It's a yeah, right. It's just like it's it's a pitch 
that looks like a slider, but has I feel like it had more of a hey, downward break in like the I gotta go back and bend watch tape on this. from like top to from like it was like from like top to bottom was like yeah. really like what not I guess you could say wide. It just went it just like the arc the yeah, that that was it. The arc was like really was tough. So no one knew what the fuck it was. But then what ended up happening is that he we thought that, you know, because I think initially he was a starter. We tried to do that and it didn't work. We should have just, like yeah. you said, we should have just left him in the bullpen. He would have been like the perfect setup man to, to, to Mariano. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and for a while he, I feel like he, I feel like, yeah, he was. I feel like we just, we just point, had like yeah, kept but... him there and not moved him to start rotation. But anyway, I need to start, I need to let go of the past. We're here to talk about the last, last thing I'll say about this, and we'll throw we'll throw Matt Harvey in this conversation as well, even though he had a much more successful path. I feel that like in 06, 07, that was an era where if if a guy in high school or college had a high K's per nine, the fact that the K's per like that hitters were so good. Oh, you want a guy who strikes a lot of guys out to the point where you're kind of willing to look past the high walks per nine. Right. And that, and that's, I feel that's kind of what Jabba's problem was right here. I'm, I'm pulling up his stats right now because I'm curious if he had a high walks per nine during his years as a starter, as well as Phil Hughes, because I'm looking at him, looking at him right now, career K's per nine, 8.8. And yeah, in his prime years, he, yeah, 3.7 walks per nine. So yeah, he had the velocity, but because he didn't have a lot of secondary stuff, he, uh, he was walking dudes. And then we'll match that up with Phil Hughes before we move on. Uh, okay, Phil Hughes, if the page ever decides to load. Here we go. Um, yeah, Ks per nine. Yeah, same same problem. He had some decent Ks per nine early on, but then he, he was walking guys. He had one year where he averaged less than a walk per nine innings. That was his, that was his one year with the Twins. So, yeah. so like that, that just speaks to the state of the Yankees coaching staff under Joe Girardi at one point. Not to mention the latter years of Joe Torre, but Matt Harvey, glad he's able to work out a little bit. He's a decent pitcher on a bad Baltimore team. Phil Hughes, I really enjoy watching him open packs of baseball cards right now. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, moving on. Uh, Lee, can we complain about the Mets game last night? Yeah, man, that was so frustrating, God. especially as, like, Yankees fans who were, for once, rooting for the Mets. This God, was really... I felt so dirty. Oh, yeah, bro. It was my dad, dude. You, you're going to enjoy this to piss me off. Okay. <laughs> he goes, go. he stares at me and goes, tonight, I'm rooting for the Rays over what? my own team. Really? Just so it hurts the Yankees. I was like, you are messed up, dude. Wait, did, he, did he say that in English or in Arabic? I'm trying to picture, picture Oh, it. no, no, in Arabic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Dude. Yeah, because here's the thing. Now, I want to point out, the Mets and I, entering this game had actually been playing pretty well, right? Very, they, very well. They, One yeah, of the hottest teams in baseball, yeah. Yeah, like, not necessarily dominant wins, but they're a team that's shown, hey, we're we winning, can, though. Exactly. Yeah, like, we can grind. We can battle. Mm. And then... Last night, it it's for me at least. I don't know about you guys. It's proof positive. Luis Rojas isn't the guy. He's not even close to the guy. Yeah. Let's. But, you want to go through a quick funny? breakdown, Josh? Oh, Kiyoshi, uh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to to interject. You're good. Um, I just noticed that the Mets are number or the first in the NL East. So yeah. it's funny you say that, Josh, 
that and I feel like for the last couple of episodes, you guys have we've been kind of like bashing on these Raws, but he's got them first in the NL East. Okay, that's great. The so, Joe Girardi got the Yankees to within a game of the World Series in 2017, and he still lost his job. Exactly. Yeah. Like he's still not good, and we have to keep remembering the NL East is currently like the worst division in baseball. Yeah. So it's it like is so bad. Yeah, and yeah. Not, and not for nothing, Josh. I feel like. Even though Girardi did get fired, if you really look back at that 2017 season, we sh- we should have we should have gone all the way. You really can't put it. I guess in I mean, yeah, because really the Astros cheated. You exactly. So you really <laughs> like that argument is is somewhat valid in that moment. But when you look back on it, it's like, damn, we should have kept him. And uh, and to be honest, when he got fired, I was a little confused. I was like, why? Yoshi, the thing is, I don't want us to go on like a long tangent, but the thing yeah. is with Girardi, I personally, and like Josh, you know how I feel about like Girardi, Aaron mm-hmm. Boone stuff. Yeah. I would take like, I would take Joe Girardi any second of the day over Aaron Boone, who I think like is just not qualified for his job at all. But Josh and I talk about this sometimes. With Girardi, we have to remember, unfortunately, at that point, he had basically lost the locker room. For several years. Yes. Even though he is infinitely better than, like, most managers that the Yankees would have been able to hire, it's still, at that point, you have lost your guys. Your guys don't look at you the way you need them to. So whether we want to or not, you got to move on. That's just right. how it is. Um, yeah, but anyway, with, with Rojas, what he did yeah. last night, um, Lean, <laughs> Lean, please correct me if, if I'm missing anything. Yeah, yeah so, I'm looking at it here. Go ahead. Yeah, so the Mets were up to zip going into the bottom of the eighth? Correct. Like yep. Yeah, yes. bottom of the eighth. And David Peterson, for once, was actually having a pretty decent game. He was dealing. It was a great game, actually. Pro- arguably the best of his career, I might say. Yeah, he and he you was know. doing it because he was – he was at sub 90 pitches when he I entered the eight, I want to say around 85 pitches. Okay. So, yeah. so from a pitch count standpoint, you figure, you know what? The Rays are really struggling. He's dealing, put him out there. I am of the belief that no matter how good your pitcher, unless your pitcher is, is either Garrett Cole or Jacob DeGrom. Or Jacob DeGrom. Uh, if you have a lead in the eighth inning of yes. three runs or less yes. at Tropicana field, you have <laughs> to go to the bullpen. Yes. David Peterson, look, I'm glad he had a great game. He had no place being in that game. It yeah. should have been Trevor May from the get-go. Or, or because I, I guess we have a little bit of a difference of opinion here. I was actually okay with Peterson coming out to pitch the bottom of the eighth. I wasn't okay with the fact that there wasn't anyone warming up in the bullpen. That's what. Oh, got see, me. I, see, I missed that because I was, I was in, uh, I was in Jersey last night, so I was only following. Uh, yeah. On game day. Even uh, uh, Gary Cohen, that's where I was watching the game on SNY. He was like, okay, like this is a little strange. No one's warming up in the bullpen, even though he's at like mid 80s pitch count wise. Immediately gives up the homer to Mike Zanino and then immediately gives up a double right after. And at that point, basically the damage had been done. So. Yeah. And uh, poor Aaron Loop, because first of all, yeah. who started the ninth for the Mets? Uh, it. It, w- it was Miguel Castro. Yeah, Miguel Castro gets somebody gets the bases loaded, and then which is really unfortunate because he's been lights out for the Mets this season. Well, he's another high velocity, high walks guy. That yeah, way, that that's just going to happen. 
but then yeah. speaking of high walks, he walked two. He walked two guys in Ex- that night, didn't he? Exactly, Kyoshi. And, and then Aaron Loop, the veteran lefty, comes on, boom, strikes out uh, that that like Wendell. Joe Joe Wendell's like the mosquito of baseball players. Like oh. he does, he looks like he shouldn't be good, but then he just kills you with like yeah. that like it's oh like so that no batting glove swing. It's so and, annoying. Yeah, it's and and then. <laughs> Brett Phillips, Mr. I'm going to run like an airplane guy from the World Series gets the oh. game gets the game winning. Safe looks at Brett Phillips when he when he gets up to to home plate and he was like, "Bro, he was like, oh my God, Lean, do you see this dude? He didn't really know who he was. He goes, that's it. This guy, he looks like a nightmare. And and he was mad before because he had struck out like Phillips. He was like, he's going to come in and just absolutely end this game. And then yeah. he singled and that was it, dude. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, no. but the moral of the story is that Rojas like keeps just kind of showing us why he is just like completely incompetent and needs to be fired. This all being said, like, I don't think that he's overall a bad manager because I listened to him and I listened to him like do press conferences. He's very sincere. Like he, he clearly loves oh, the yeah. game. I just don't think he's the right baseball manager yeah. for the Mets right now. No, and don't get me wrong. They love him. Like we've talked about it before. The players adore him. It's just like you said, not the right guy, especially for the situation that the Mets are in at this moment. Yeah, and and like we, we could touch on this too because the players seem to love Rojas, and then the Steve Cohen ownership. It's like it kind of hits first snag when they fired Chili Davis. Because oh, yeah. which yeah. can we just really quick? Do you guys just mainly for me, or just for anyone else that is that's like a little bit confused? Why did they fire him? Because I remember the day that they fired him, yeah. they had scored like nine, eight or nine runs and won. Um, so I, I actually read, I think it was in the athletic or maybe the post what happened. Um, the Mets new front office, they're very much trying to make, go all in on analytics and Chili Davis mm-hmm. has made it very clear. Like I am not an analytics guy. I'm old school. I don't care about exit velocity and launch angle. I care about my hitters hitting line drives. Mm. Um, and so even though the players love him, there's a, there was enough, uh, there were enough, we'll say creative differences between he and the front office that it was like, you know what, we're trying to do this right now, even though the teams, well, we can't have a coach undermining what we're trying to do. Yeah. So. Plus Kiyoshi, even though what you said was right at that point, overall, the Mets were like one of the worst offensive teams in baseball. I think they had like, I don't know, bottom five, like lowest batting average. And this is supposed to be one of the best offensive teams in baseball. They were low in batting average. They were high, I think, in like OPS and they were doing well with power. Yeah, but like they still like we, we know how the offense like the offense just wasn't especially runners in scoring position. I think they were right. the worst team in the league in running runners in scoring position. So, you know, it's it's what Josh said, the fact that the offense hadn't been doing that well. So, yeah. It's, it's not mean. just that. Like, I didn't say it was it was because the offense wasn't doing well. I said it was no, just because they were. No, no, that's were, what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. what you said, plus the fact that oh, the okay. offense, like, you know, they were in a bit of a slump at that point. I did think, however, that it was messed up that some of the players found out on social media. Yes. Like, Pete Alonzo found out, like, I think he said on Twitter or something. And apparently, I didn't watch it, but during the press conference, he was really emotional and, like, looked like he was about to cry. I thought that was really strange that they didn't, like, have the courtesy to tell the players. Yeah. Like, hey, we're going to release your, your hitting coach. Right? Well, they, yeah. they, 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 had, pla- they had planned to not release it publicly until the players had landed and they got back to the, to the yeah, stadium and such. Yeah. But then while they were in the air, it got leaked. It, it got leaked. Yeah. So, yeah. 
anyway, um, but other than that, it's pretty much business as usual. I mean, the Yankees, they're, they're, they're let's looking. Play, let's play my game now. Yeah, they're, they're looking better. So are the Mets. Mets are yes. in first place, but we've still got lots to unpack. Lean, give us the rules of the game. The rules of the game. Okay. Damn your background music. Da, 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 da. Tell us the rules. Da, 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 oh, okay. And the music's over. So, um, basically, what we're going to do, three categories for each team. Who do you guys want to start with, the Mets or the Yankees? Yeah, let's get to the Yankees. We've talked a lot of Mets right now. Yeah, or, or, okay. Uh, so far. So, for each team, there's three categories. Okay. We're going to give each one of us our most impressive players so okay. far, our most disappointing players so far, Here's and team and team MVP. Yeah, if you guys want to jot this down. Um, I think like instead of just doing one for each category, that might be a little boring. We can do like two to three per category. MVP, I would say let's do one. That makes it interesting. Yeah, MVP but for is yeah. For impressive and disappointing, two to three players is okay. And just give like a quick little blurb as to why you think that okay. is the case. Um, All right. So we're uh, going to start with the Yankees. Who wants to go first? Uh, Kiyoshi, you go first. Let's Ooh, start. So, let's start with. Uh, actually, who do you want to start with? Impressive or disappointing? Um. Hmm. So I actually, when it, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to start with disappointing and then go to in impress. Okay. Kiyoshi, do this. Give your disappointing player. Disappointing. And then Josh, give yours, and then me, and then we'll do impressive. So because you said a couple, I think. Yeah. The mo- who am I the most disappointed in? I think, I think I only wrote down DJ LeMahieu only because I kind of figured he would kind of build his momentum from last year, mm-hmm. and he's really even though he's gotten better over the last couple of games, he's really kind of stumbled out the box, so to speak. Um, who else we could put in this category? I could probably also say. To, be, to, to a certain degree, Gary Sanchez, because I feel like for the first couple of games in like the first like couple of games in the season, he was hitting pretty well and then kind of reverted back to not hitting as well. And I think and also uh, causing some errors. Also, Glaber Torres, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm like really thinking like, yeah, Glaber Torres was I mean, he just now hit his first home run like what, a couple of days ago. Now he's got COVID. And yeah, he got COVID. Now he has COVID. Yeah, and now he has COVID. <laughs> yeah. Twice. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty disappointed. Um, do, you, do you guys want to go around or should I just list off? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go let's go around and then we'll go back to you for okay. the So form. yeah, so Lean, who, who's your most disappointing Yankee? I really want to hear this. All right. Uh I'm gonna give three. Number okay. one for me, this kind of I think he actually runs away with it, in my opinion. It's gotta be Clint Frazier. Um, huh. Clint Frazier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here, my history with Clint Frazier is a little interesting. Josh can kind of attest to this. Yeah, I, I <laughs> never liked Clint Frazier. Always had a problem with him. I think we talked about this last week, actually. I always thought that like he doesn't really have a place on this Yankees team. Last season came in absolutely. He said, "Lean, you're gonna shut up this year," and that's mm-hmm. what I did. He was excellent last season in the field and at the plate. This season, I was hoping that he'd permanently prove me wrong. That has not been the case. He just, he looks so, so lost out there. It's really tough to watch. I, I think he's our worst hitter by far, actually. Um, and 
It's just Quinn Frazier has actually been so bad that if you think about it, he's making our the outfield be one of our biggest needs at the moment, the Yankees' biggest need. So I really I, I think that he's been like a liability even, and it's really mm-hmm. it's sad to see what's happening with him. Okay, and uh, number two. Uh, number two, number three, Kiyoshi, you had them too. Two for me is definitely Glaber. He's been swinging the bat a lot better lately, obviously before he got COVID for the second time. But um, he overall, like to start the season, he looked really rough out there. And don't even get me started on his defense. Uh, absolutely abysmal. Also been getting better, but still not great. And then third, DJ LeMahieu. Yeah, he's hitting 271, but this is just like... That's low by LeMahieu standards. Exactly. That's actually his lowest batting average since 2014. Isn't that crazy? I know we're only like, however far into the season, but yeah, definitely low by his standards. He doesn't look the same, but he has looked better in my opinion. So I don't know. I think he'll, he'll, uh, he'll get there. But yeah, those are my three. Josh, go ahead. Before I give my name, like, did either of you read the article that I think it was Lindsay Adler put out how with offense being down uh, across baseball, they're starting mm. to wonder if the new ball is the is the reason? Oh, I, I, I 100% think it's the new ball. Me also, too. why are like, why is everyone hitting a no hitter, pitching a no hitter? Yeah. Like, are you, there's been four already. I mean, I, I, I'm saying this as yeah. someone, I'm saying this as someone who's thrown like 10 no hitters across MLB the show and VP <laughs> and like 2K and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So you definitely know weird. about throwing no hitters, right? Bro? This is, yeah, this is weird. <laughs> I am the, I am a Hall of Famer when it comes to MLB the show oh, and pitching. Yeah, okay? yeah, I am the yeah, Greg yeah, Maddox of MLB the show. To bow down. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. So you want my you want my, you want my uh, disappointing Yankees? Yes. Yeah, disappointing. All right, Lean. We're once in agreement. I also put Clint Frazier. Woohoo! Yeah, just because the swing is there, but Always. like, but like the, the like, I'm not worried about his swing, but like Always. the timing is just to tick off. But I also think I also think that a lot of his problem is the new ball, mm. and mm. that's what and that's across everything else. But for my, I did two uh, disappointing Yankees. Uh, Lean, I'm glad you're sitting down because it's going to blow your mind. My most disappointing Yankee this year, besides Clint Frazier, I put Aaron Hicks. See, I would have put Aaron Hicks, but I know that Aaron Hicks is not good at baseball, so I didn't include him there. Damn it. All right. kind, of, kind of why I didn't include Gary Sanchez either. It's not disappointing, in my opinion. It's just that, like, you know, they've been bad, whatever, continue to be bad. Just bad, like the, like the Brooklyn Nets NBA gentrification. Oh, wait, I said that out loud. Okay, back to baseball. <laughs> Again. Like, Good oh, one. Good one, Josh. That's funny. Thank yeah. you. Anyway, yeah, yeah. but yeah, Hicks has looked completely lost at the plate. He's like got a few good swings here and there, but he's striking out more. He's not making great contact with the ball, yeah. which, hey, it could be a new ball. He's batting a buck 94, and now mm-hmm. he's hurt. Like, he, yeah. he might be out for the season. Like, now, I, I will say this. The injury that Hicks has had, I have had that before. I had it. Like, really? Yeah, I had it like super light. And thankfully, I got to the, it was for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to wrap my wrist for for a week. And then I'm, I'm going to like take Tylenol mm-hmm. if it, every time it hurts. I took it off and yeah, it was like still sensitive, but I could function. I was still able, I was still able to like live my life. It wasn't like noticeably uh, uncomfortable. Do you think it's different for him? Cause he's a baseball player. I'm sure it's different for him right. because he's a baseball player. Mark Teixeira even came out and said yesterday, yeah, I've say like that. there's one of two ways this is going to go. Either the rehab's going to work or he's going to be out for the season. Right. And I, and I think that, and 
similarly, I don't know if you saw yesterday, the Yankees promoted Esteban Florian with AAA. Oh, yeah, so. it, it, it's Flory season. I, I love Esteban Florial. I think he's, I, he has a lot of potential. So, I like Esteban so. Florial, too, and a big reason why I liked Aaron Hicks's contract when they did extend him is that yeah. even though he's not that great uh, under the contract, it's still a movable enough deal so that if Florial turns out to be the truth in the minors, they can either they can bump Hicks. That's my issue with Hicks's contract. I don't think it's movable because, like, I really think he's that bad. I think by the time they try to move him, he's going to be, like, absolute trash. So that's why that. I never liked the deal. Yeah, but, um, you know, I guess we'll see. Honestly, even if he needs to be out for the season, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe just, like, whatever, just focus on coming back next year. I'm, also, I'm personally okay with it. So. I think that Hicks also, he might be going through some mental stuff because I, I learned sure. that, I learned this because I, I apparently still follow his ex on instagram uh so they so yeah so they've got two boys um uh uh, they've got aaron jr aj and um zade i think this one is it's it's a it's a z name uh but apparently i found it out uh, because jessica made a post when she gave birth to the to her second son she and aaron weren't together anymore right so so i'm wondering maybe aaron's like worried that he can't see his boys or maybe there's like there's like some other like personal life drama mm-hmm. going on it could One, be and it sucks because i i you guys have heard how much i love aaron hicks as a player i've defended yeah. him several times on this on this podcast but the fact of the matter is he's not playing well right now hopefully and apparently this wrist thing has been bothering him on and off enough that hopefully yeah. like rehab and inflammatories Boone said he's not going on the il could even play this weekend right right um but we'll see it's it's a long way off uh one way or another i'm very disappointed without he and clint frazier have gotten off uh to their start this season yeah All okay right. uh, moving on to impressive oh kiosha did you want to say something? yeah sorry just real quick i think no, no, um ahead. i think it's interesting that we that you guys mentioned about possibly moving hits because he just i think two years ago signed that seven-year deal yeah that's yeah. what we're talking it was, about uh, before well, 20 before 2019 yeah yeah, yeah. so it's not like we can it's almost like we're, we're stuck with them it's like damn you know, that's literally that's and literally it, why i didn't want that contract that's literally and, why and the interesting thing just real quickly about about uh, frazier the reason why i didn't put him on my disappointing list is because i feel like defensively he's still i i still like him defensively he, like i mm-hmm. think a couple of days ago he, he like laid out and made a catch he made a made like a really yeah that was play. a nice play no granted it was in a losing effort but the fact that he still see the fact that he still did it considering i think at that point they were down like three or four runs and mm-hmm. still like went on so play so plays hard that i appreciate that now at the plate it's a whole different issue not really seeing like you mentioned not really seeing the ball as well just a little bit off but um but yeah but anyway okay right. yeah you, you you actually uh you can go uh say your most impressive yeah Yankees most player. impressive right. Yankees. We, most we got we got 21 minutes left let's do this okay so okay. most impressed this was going to be a little kind of weird because i wasn't exactly sure who to put as impress um it, it's going to be kind of cheating a little bit, but I'm impressed with the Yankees as a whole because if you remember earlier on, we were not hitting well at all. We were and essentially around the time that Aaron um, Aaron Boone had had that meeting and like his, his players yelled at they them. started yeah. to become more patient. Yep, we started 100%. to yeah. let pitchers 
work themselves into into walking them into getting a few men on i mean and then it would then be up to whoever was next to try to get them home which sometimes we did sometimes we didn't but i enjoyed the fact that we were a bit more patient at the plate and let the and let the the game come to us instead of trying to force the issue by trying to you know try to hit hit the long ball we it would just let it come more organically so that's what I was that's what I was impressed with. I know it's, I'm a little cheating because it wasn't necessarily a person, but that's honestly how I feel. If you had to pick one player, I'd pick who one would it okay. be? Um, Runet Odor, only because he traded for him that's and he made an immediate impact. That's that's Runet a pretty that's a pretty good okay. pick. Yeah, yeah, I respect he made that. Immediate impact. It's right. unfortunate that he he um that he that he's on the I, that he's on the IL right now, but he came and made an immediate impact. Part of me also wanted to say Stanton, but I feel like he's he's moving in the direction that I um that I felt like he should have been going in. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like he he's always done this. He's always like hit really poorly in the beginning of the season and then starts to slowly heat up as it essentially as it gets warmer, which makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah. Okay. What, what, um, a job, Lean, what do you think? What are your picks? Um, okay, just real quick. I think number one for me might be a little cliche has to be Garrett Cole. Um, I think that Garrett Cole, like I've thought for like three years that he's the second best pitcher on the planet, but even though he didn't pitch like it last season, and I think he's kind of just proving my argument right now, dude has been unbelievable. He's walked three batters. What does that even mean? You know, like, and, and people were saying this and I completely agree. If he's on track to have one of the best seasons in Yankees history for a yeah. starting pitcher. Like this is this is just unbelievable what we're watching. I mean and it's it's May 15th. He's made eight starts, yeah. seven of which have been quality. He's five and one. Yeah. And like he's and like, I, I'm not saying I mean wins are meaningless, but like yeah, could he go the full Ron Gidry, go 25 and three? Probably not, but yeah, I mean yeah. But like, but like by by modern pitching standards, he's having an out of this world season. Yeah. Um, number two, uh, Kiyoshi, you kind of touched on it. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton. I've always loved Giancarlo Stanton. Um, even when he was with the Marlins, he was one of my favorite players. And yeah, this is, you're right. This is what we should be expecting from him. But I think it's just like his time with the Yankees has been so like tumultuous that we kind of stopped expecting him to be this good. And mm-hmm. he's just, He's playing MVP caliber baseball. It's great to see. If I had to have a third, he's cooled down now, but I was actually going to say Kyle Higashioka. Um, He's Mm. been pretty bad at the plate lately, if we're being honest. But defensively, I don't know if you guys know this, he's actually a top five catcher in baseball this season, which is pretty Mm. wild. Um, And even offensively, before he got into the slump that he's in right now, like he was actually, he was kind of telling Yankees fans like, okay, your supposed catcher of the future, Gary Sanchez, isn't working out. Don't worry, I got this. And like he was actually hitting and producing both at the plate and behind the plate. Um, And yeah, I've just overall been pretty impressed with him for sure. Uh, yeah, Josh. Yeah, uh, I just want to just want to touch on Higashioka. He yeah. is in the ninety fourth percentile in terms yeah. of pitch framing, which is unbelievable. He's been elite defensively, yeah. elite. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to find his um his his frame rate because Garrett Gary Sanchez does not have a very good one. 
and yeah, for sure. It'll, yeah, it'll Even though better. not for nothing, he's gotten. I feel like he's gotten better defensively. I think a couple of days ago, he's yeah. He Gary that. Sanchez has also gotten a lot better, for but, sure. But yeah. the fr- the framing, the he can't do people, that yet. People are still sleeping on his arm. I don't understand why yeah. people still think that if the ball's like maybe in the dirt or somehow gets by him, that he won't throw them out. I think I think it was the other day against. I think it was against the Rays. The backs the backstop play that was that was yeah, very and it, impressive. And that was yeah. like the second year. Yeah, the second year in a row where uh, no ball, uh, second time in three years he did that against the Astros in twenty nineteen. Right, and also didn't he do it last year too? I don't remember him doing it last year. Okay, well, the whole point is that it was like the second time within recent memory, let's just say that, that the ball has bounced off the backstop and you just fired it in the second and got him out. And for some reason, people still think that, I mean, really, you can't really, um, you can't really still on either Higashioka or Sanchez. I feel like Sanchez has a, has a, has a better arm. Yeah, Sa- Sanchez, I think, is better at like at uh, gunning people out, but like, yeah. but yeah, no, definitely, like Higgy is has been unbelievable defensively. Yeah, um, I think more like more specifically, blocking balls in the dirt, framing yeah. pitches. I think yeah, that yeah, yeah. that's his forte. Uh, real quick to interrupt, I yeah. just got I just got a, twi- a Twitter notification from Connor Foley, who covers the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders. Zach Britton is apparently in Scranton. Hey, yeah, <laughs> my boy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Any, anyway, Josh, go. We're running out of time. Uh, okay, so my impressive it. Yankees. All right, I um, I'm gonna just point out I did not pick Garrett Cole or Giancarlo Stanton because I'm not basic. I'm like some people here. Anyway, excuse uh, me. You're lucky, I, you're lucky I even complimented Yankees players. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right, uh, all right. Jo- all right. Uh, jokes aside, we we all love each other here. Um, most <laughs> most impressive. My big Sounds one. Fun. A little out of the box here. I'm going Jonathan Loisaga. Mm. Oh yes, lasagna is yep. really lasagna for dinner like every it. night. Let's do it, dude. Oh my, that kid can strap, bro. Four I love seams him. or four seams or no seams, like the, just his He's save. So la- his save last night, I was like, oh god, I need a cigarette after this because I was just, I was so happy for him. <laughs> He's point, so good. Two point four nine ERA. He's already got a point five WAR as a as a setup man, dude. as a relief pitcher. Ab- absolute legend. Absolute. Yeah. The Nicaraguan wonder. I love yeah. it. And then uh, my other most impressive Yankee. Yeah, I wanted to touch on Stanton, but I figured, yeah, you know what? This is the kind of stuff he should be doing. Right. The second, I, um, I did two of them. My second most impressive Yankee, Gio Rochella. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Josh, I had a feeling you were going to say him, actually. <laughs> I, I thought I, I wrestled with this one a little bit, but look, he's a great third baseman. He's proving that he can hold his own at shortstop, which yeah. like, that kind of versatility is so rare. Oh, yeah. And not just that, he's he still clutched the bat. He's batting 298, came off the, the bench yesterday with a bum knee, pinch hit three run shot. That that was that was oh my yeah. god. I was thinking uh, like last night probably had a lot to do with you saying this right now. That was a last yeah. night was a big was a big part. No, yeah. I was I was in my uh, I was in my um uh, my friend's car. We were driving to New Jersey to see to see some other friends because we're all fully vaccinated now and the CDC says that's safe. Um, we, uh, yeah, so we were driving the car and I'm just following the game on my phone and Gio Rochella, uh, hits the home run and I go, Gio Rochella hits the home run. Ah! I was like so happy. Uh, <clears throat> oh, and a third one, just cause I feel we got to give him some attention here on the pod. Aroldis Chapman's been lights out good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been like the best closer in baseball. Nine yeah. saves, like hasn't allowed a run. He's yeah. got 31 strikeouts in 15 innings of work. 
Yeah. No, this yeah. is what he's doing is unbelievable. He's really, he's Truly. almost turning back the clock mm-hmm. in a way. It's yeah, to when he was what, when he was with uh, the Reds, right? Uh, Reds, yeah, and early days with the Yankees. And early days with the Yankees, yeah. Yeah, that that splitter is really doing wonders for him. Yeah. Um, um, and, okay. And, and MVP, real fast. Let's, let's just go around. Go around. We'll just say who it is, like because we've covered the whole team essentially. Uh, yeah. Lean, who's your MVP? Uh, I'm not even going to say anything. Garrett Cole. Me too. Kiyoshi. Uh, initially, I was going to say Zen, but I changed my mind. It's Garrett Cole. Okay, there you Easily, go. Great. All Easy. Agreement. All right, let's do the Mets real quick with the 12 minutes we have left. Okay. Uh, um, most most of, disappointing. Who wants to go first? Josh, I, want to go first? Yep, go yep. My, I got two of them, and you'll agree. My two most disappointing Mets this year, Francisco Lindor and Jeff McNeil. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, Lindor is batting, he's batting 195. Mm-hmm. Jeff McNeil, who's pretty much the Mets version of DJ LeMayhew, yes. 235. Yeah. It's it's the new ball. The new ball has to be what's, yeah. what's stifling often so much. I, I actually Specifically stifling New York. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I actually don't have McNeil. I guess I was trying like not to be basic. Francisco Lindor is my number one for sure. Number two, a guy that Mets fans love to complain about, James McCann. I James, thought about putting McCann. James McCann has been really, really good defensively. But actually right now, he's their worst hitter. He just looks so bad at the plate. All he does is ground out complete mess and number three if i had to add one just real quick i would say dom smith dom smith was like playing mvp baseball last season and although he's been like surprisingly good defensively this season he just like really is having a tough time at the play we did not expect this from him a very so, tough time batting yeah. 202 with a yes. home run and because because McCann was never much of an elite hitter to begin with, but, but he I mean, he was not this not two hundred yeah. no yeah this is really bad um okay Kiyoshi who do you so have? disappointed I I definitely do agree um Francisco Lindor yeah as the most disappointing like we just mentioned he's hitting he's just hitting he's actually hitting the Mendoza line at one one ninety five honestly I thought going to a weaker division would act would help him. But it hasn't. Um, uh, like you said, James McCann also hitting two hundred two. Yeah. So yeah, I I just about agree with you guys. Yeah, pretty standard. Uh, we, we can, lean. Uh, jo- jo- uh, Josh, what do you say? We could also throw Michael Conforto in here as well. He- the only reason I wouldn't include Michael Conforto is because he he hasn't been good defensively. He's been elite defensively. Right. And yeah. He's been hitting better lately. That's the only reason I left him off. And not just that his 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 OBP. He's batting two thirty one, but his OBP is three sixty two. Yeah. So, so even though he's not doing the best of the plate, he's taken those walks. Yeah. He's been hit by a pitch four times already. Yeah. Exactly. He's not like striking out a lot. Yeah. Like there are worse players right now on the Mets than him for sure. Yeah, All right, Josh, who do you have for? Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, I was about to say he's not like he's disappointing. He's more just kind of underachieving. Yes, mm. that's a good way uh, to put it. Anyway, uh, who who do I have for what? Most impressive. All right, uh, you'll like this one. Brandon Nimmo's on my list. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wish your camera was on just like so just so I could see like the little like victory dance you're just doing. <laughs> All right, uh, so Nimmo, but yeah, he's he's doing what Nimmo does. He's doing Brandon Nimmo Wyoming. I mean, he, he's on the IL right now, but before that, he was yeah. Uh, yeah, but he's batting three eighteen, OBP's well over four hundred. Yeah, he's 
he's just doing what he has to do. He's getting on base by any means possible. He's not trying to do too much. And yeah. even though I'm a Yankees fan, and even though he's he's from Wyoming, I respect that. And I'm never going to understand how Brandon Nimmo was six three. He does I not. Know. Look, he, he does, does not, not look, look like three. the behemoth of a man that he is. Yeah. Yeah. And and then my other most impressive, and I am very proud of this one. My main man, Taiwan Walker. Yeah. Mm. My main man, Taiwan Walker. Yeah. I thought like, Legend. Uh, like he struggled so much just to like, get to where he is now. Like, and I figured, oh man, like he was so good for the Mariners and the Blue Jays last year. Now he's going to move to New York, and he'll he'll like the city's going to eat him alive. Like it's done so many free agents. Because like you guys agree, there are some players who, yeah, they're good, but they're just not made for New York. Yeah, for sure. I, would, I was so worried. Steve that Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson, Esteban Loaiza. Don't get me started on Nick Johnson. Uh, Sonny Gray. Taiwan, <laughs> Taiwan Walker, 2.20 ERA. He's given up 24 hits in 41 innings. Mm-hmm. And like the, the walks are a little higher than I'd like, but at the same time, he my man is dealing out there. Yeah. yeah. Like, He's yeah. everything I wanted him to be for the Mets and then some. Like he and Marcus Stroman, like the fact that they're pitching as well as they are and DeGrom is hurt, that's that's why the Mets are in first Huge. place. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, go, uh, who, who's up? Most impressive. Oh, uh, I'll go, I guess. Or Kiosh, yeah, do you want to go? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. I Most have... impressive for oh. me, uh, I wasn't really – Sure, because it's the mess. I'm like, who am I? Who am I impressed with? I think I'm impressed with Strowman mainly because I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to repeat what he did last year. Like I said, he got traded from uh, from Toronto, made a median impact last year with the Mets, and I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to repeat that that kind of success. And he I mean, two years ago, but yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah, it, it yeah. seemed like it was last year, but whatever. He didn't um, pitch last year. That's probably why. Yeah. All right. Thank yeah. you. Um, but anyway, but yeah, ahead. that for me that he he's my most impressive. Also, def- uh, defensively, doing it on the mound. And honestly, I know this is going to be kind of weird, but the fact that the Yankees, I mean, the fact that the Mets let him wear a do rack, I just yeah, think that's like cool. very progressive. And it kind of, as I think, sometimes people think that. Like wearing something like that, like a do rag, is unprofessional. But I feel like if you're if you're doing work, Stanton kind of wears. Oh, uh, well, wearing a do like it's, I mean, this, this, I don't know. Stanton doesn't wear for some reason. The Yankees don't allow that shit. No, but no, he, maybe he's got, he's, should, he, he maybe, wears like a, like a head thing. That's it's kind yeah, of like, it's like an open yeah, it's a headband. Frame. Same thing that Luke Boyd has. Same thing that uh, oh, um, I, th- I thought I thought Stan had something more. more no, no, it, it's just a standard headband, Josh. Yeah, 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 a lot of but, the players but, wear. But, yeah. but uh, again, aside from that, Marcus Stroman has really doing his thing. I think he's definitely like legit number two behind behind the Rom. So I think in that respect, like they're good. Uh, Josh, what do you think about most impressive? Oh uh, no, I'm off. Yeah, I already, um, I already gave mine. Nemo uh, and Taiwan for those who, for those who right. missed it. Yeah. Um, other than uh, Jacob Degrom, just because like we expect him to be the best player on the planet, pitcher on the planet, I, yeah. I would have to but say one. Does that make him impressive? No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Other than Degrom, okay. that's why I'm not including him. Gotcha. Uh, one Taiwan Walker. I wanted Taiwan yeah. Walker on the Yankees, and yeah, this is really difficult to watch. If we're being honest, we could have had him, him instead of Jamison Tyone. 
Um, number two, Marcus Stroman. You guys kind of hit the nail on the head for this one. He's been literally a yeah. legit number two. And just number three, I'm going to throw this one out of the blue. Uh, Jairis Familia is my number three. I don't think anyone expected. He's like a sub one ERA or something. The guy is like. 0.84. Yeah, he's their best reliever. Talk about turning back the clock. That's exactly what Familia has done. He's been one of the best relievers in the game this season. He has his moments, but overall, he's been a big reason why this is one of the best bullpens. The fact that his whip is what it is and his ERA is still so low. Isn't it wild? Yeah. 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 No, he's been really, really good. Um, Okay. We have like less than five minutes. Josh, go MVP. It's not even a contest. It's it's the, it's the, the goat, Jacob DeGrom. Like just, just just offer my own, my little take on this. Like, yeah, he's got like a, what is like a 0.43 ERA right now? Something like that. (laughs) Something 0.5, maybe something like that. Here, Something that doesn't make sense. Here, let's pull this up. Like the. It's 0.68. And his whip is 0.60. Okay, so just for context, like we know how we know, like everyone, oh, like most people on this pod, if not all of us, we're all video gamers to some extent. Right. I, I have done what Jacob Degrom has done in a video game literally one time, and it was with a created player, so it doesn't really count. But like mm-hmm. the fact that I was saying to some people earlier, and I've said this to you too, the last time I saw a pitcher be this dominant for like on this level for an extended period of time, it was Randy Johnson. Yeah, like yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. He, like Degrom, he's got that deadly fastball slider combo, and yeah, even though he's completely wasted on the Mets, would be <laughs> a he'd be talked about even more than he is now on any other team if he's winning like twenty five games a year. Yeah. Record aside, I think like we could say with confidence, Jacob Degrom is going to make the Hall of Fame as a modern analytics guy. Because, oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. let's let's say he retires tomorrow because he has some career ending injury. You're going to tell him, oh, he's not a Hall of Famer? Horseshit. He's in the Hall of Fame. Oh, easily. Right. Easily. And Guys, he's the MVP just, of the Mets. Sorry. just I just have one quick question. This is like a last question to kind of like end the episode. Sure. So being that this is the quarter point of the season, how confident are, are we with the Yankees and Mets? So I just want to kind of put that out there, like our confidence versus the versus like how we've, how we've felt going – like from the beginning of this season and now that we've kind of like had a couple of episodes to talk about um, everything that's going on, how do we feel about them? I'll go first. So with the Yankees, I was really nervous. We hit a, a tough skid, but we're second in the AL East. We're seven and three in our, in our last 10 games. And I feel like we're, we're, we're trending somewhat upward. I feel like we have some hiccups with guys like Tyone and Kluber, except for yesterday, but I think I'm I'm confident that we'll be okay. Um, Lean, what do you think? Um, I'll just I'll just do both real quick, both teams. Yeah. Uh, Yankees. Um, I kind of we did gave our predictions for the for teams uh, before the season began, and I kind of stand by it. Uh, Yankees got off to a really really rough start. Um, they've turned it around. I'm liking what I see. I'm enjoying watching them play. Uh, yeah, I think there are some things wrong with the team. Like it's unfortunate Gary Sanchez isn't hitting. We now have a serious problem in outfield other than right field. Um, you know, Jameson your boy Brett Tyone, Gardner can't help us. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, Jameson Tyone is not good. Um, we don't know how Severino is going to be. But 
on the other on the other hand, uh, bullpen best in baseball rotation has been excellent. Other than yeah. Tyone, and the boys are batting; they're hitting and, well. And looking so. at Tyone, he hasn't even been that bad. I looked. I looked at like the line of his stats. He's got his whip is decent. He's just getting burned by home runs. Well, I mean that's the thing. Like w- when he's on the mound, you know he's going to give up runs, which leads to you you know, a lot of the times losing games. So for me, right. like, that's not great. Um, And yeah, and so I, I can see them playing in the World Series. Don't think they're going to win it. I can see them playing in it and going far. Uh, match just super, super quick. Um, I think they're turning things around. I think as they start getting guys back, AKA Seth Lugo, Noah Syndergaard, yeah. uh, Carlos Carrasco, JD Davis, and Brandon Nimmo, they're going to get even better. And I think this is definitely a team uh, to be reckoned with. Uh, I fully agree with everything you just said about the Mets. They're a very scrappy team. They kind of, they've almost got like 86 Mets vibes, but without the rampant cocaine problem. (laughs) (laughs) But, but um, I mean, it's the eighties. Everyone was doing cocaine. Everyone read, everyone read the bad guys won by Jeff Perlman. It's the best New York Mets read you will have in a very long time. Uh, As uh, the Mets. Yeah. They're, I don't know if they're going to win the pennant, but I think they're absolutely going to make some noise in the national league. They've definitely got the potential for a deep playoff run. Same with the Yankees. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. it's like Yoshi said, the at bats are starting to look better, but right now, since we're all kind of in agreement that the new ball is the problem and more and more uh, pundits are talking about the new ball is potentially the problem because we all expected offense to be down this year. Not like this. Oh, this is next level. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like after 2019, when everybody and their mother was hitting home runs, I said for 2020, I said in a group chat, I mean, guys, just watch, you're going to see a dip in power this year because last year it was ridiculous, but nobody foresaw what happened this year. And I think that now that enough people are talking about it, it's kind of like when the NBA switched the ball all those years ago and players, like it doesn't feel right. I think that, that if, right. that if enough people are talking about it, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Rob Manfred is on the phone with, let's say, Rawlings, Spalding, whoever's making the ball for MLB right now, mm-hmm. and says, "Hey, manufa- change the manufacturing to XYZ." But yeah, but the Yankees, like, they're a smart team. Marcus Tim's like he's the hitting coach. He has to figure out how to how to make this team hit with even with this new ball. But uh, yeah, overall, I'm. I'm feeling good with where the, with where both teams are. If they're yeah. still in the same position a month from now, then I'll be a little concerned. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, folks. This has been Yankees Mets Express again, part of Elite Sports NY, the voice, the pulse of New York City sports, Warwick Gaming, XL Media, and Crossing Broad. Shout out to Tab Bamford, the goat of EICs. Uh, you, can, you can find me on Twitter at Josh B-E-S-N-Y, and you too. At lean underscore Amin. And I'm at It's Kiyoshi on Twitter and at It's Yosh on Instagram. Thanks for listening, folks. And as always, enjoy the games today. The Knicks are back in the playoffs. That's a great that's a great day for New York. Not one person yep. cares. Yep. Uh, yeah, two, not, two not people here care because yep. the Brooklyn Nets all week. Because the Brooklyn Nets are NBA gentrification. The Nets yep. and all their fans just lost the game. And as of always, stand clear of the closing doors. Knicks tape all day, baby. Let's go. Let's go nuts. Woo-hoo.